This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. And welcome into our latest edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I am your host, and it is another rough Monday after the Buccaneers fall in New York to the Giants, technically East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Meadowlands, in a 38-35 game that had a very similar storyline to a lot of the recent Buccaneer games, which is fall behind significantly early on, first half, and then come roaring back in the second half only to come up short. This one could have easily been a one-sided landslide by the Giants on the road. But again, the Buccaneers showed some grit, showed some heart, especially on offense, got some stops in the second half on defense that they weren't getting in the first half, and were able to get back in the game only to have Eli and that fantastic rookie Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants, Odell Beckham and company, pull out the win 38-35. to So let me set the table on what we have for you on this edition. I'm going to give you some more thoughts here at the beginning. We'll go through game highlights and then some post-game interviews, uh, some interesting subplots, obviously, with Jameis Winston returning to the field as the reserve quarterback coming in in the second half and playing well, leading four touchdown drives, including giving the Bucks a chance to potentially tie or win the game in the fourth quarter with the way that he played. So, uh, again, at the time that we're taping this podcast, there's nothing definitive as of yet. You may already know by now that later on Monday, Monday afternoon, etc., head coach Dirk Cutter has made the decision on going back to Jameis Winston or not. Uh, again, I don't have any insight on this, uh, unique insight from the coach, from the quarterback, but I can tell you being there at field level as part of Buccaneers Radio, sideline energized, Winston hitting some big passes, He's obviously the former number one pick. You went to him as the starter earlier in the year. I think it's a compelling case to go back to him. Ryan Fitzpatrick has understood throughout his career, he's been a backup, he's been a spot starter, he's been a starter for an extended period of time, maybe a season, gone back to the bench, gone to another team and become the starter. This has gone on, on, and on. He's been a journeyman in the NFL. And I think if, if he were on this podcast with us, he's not. He would, he would admit that his play's not been very good, especially the last couple of weeks, with not being able to get the team in the end zone nearly enough and turning the ball over too much. So if the Bucks do want to go back to Jameis Winston, it's understandable. It's justifiable. So again, you may already know that that move is official. It's the move that we think is going to happen for this upcoming game with the San Francisco 49ers, but we'll wait for the head coach to make the official decision on that. So uh, we'll hear from Jameis Winston later on here on Nothing But Bucks in the aftermath of the game on our Hooters postgame show. You'll also hear from Jason Pierre-Paul, who returned to New York, the place where the Giants drafted him as a first-round pick coming out of USF. Uh, Ended up going to the Pro Bowl, helped them win a Super Bowl in 2011. Uh, Distinguished career with the Giants, had over 60 sacks in his New York Giants career. Traded, though, this past March to the Buccaneers. And got the first opportunity to go put some licks on Eli Manning and pass rush the Giants and try to uh, wreak some havoc, if you will, to use that phrase in the backfield. And he did yesterday. Made several plays in the game. So you'll hear from JPP as part of the postgame show. Adam Humphreys had another solid game. You'll hear from him uh, as well in all of our conversations, as well as head coach Dirk Cutter as he joined me after the game, as he does each and every week. So... Those are the interviews that are coming a little bit later on here on the program. Look, I, I will say this. I've, I've been around. I say this all the time 
on the podcast, on and off the Buccaneer radio broadcast for the better part of 20-plus years, have been in the sports media in the Tampa Bay area, either doing five-day-a-week sports radio in Tampa Bay uh, since the early 1990s, did that for 14 years uh, of Buccaneer Mondays after games in the 90s and the early 2000s through the good and the bad. Uh, was was a fan of this team long before I was in the media as a kid, as a as a teenager, as in high school, uh, et cetera, while going to college in Memphis, rooted on the Buccaneers with the Buccaneer garb. Uh, it's tough right now. Mondays after these games, it's not easy for anybody. Everybody's disgusted and frustrated. The play needed to be better. Look, there was a lot of expectation, especially when this team went back to Jameis Winston as the starter, found a way to win that Cleveland Browns game, was sitting right there at 3-3 three and three, uh, on the season, actually 3-2 and two on the season. Yeah, there was a lot of anticipation that this could become an 8, a 9, or maybe even a 10-win team at 3-2, at 3-3. Three and two, three and three. Now you're looking at three and seven and you're wondering, can this team just go get a win and get some confidence back and, and get some swagger back? Uh, we'll we'll see if that is the case on Sunday. And, uh, you know, there, there have been opportunities to go get victories. And one of the common themes, as I mentioned at the beginning of this Nothing But Bucks podcast, is you cannot continue to give up big plays and big points in the first half and dig the hole. We saw it against the Chicago Bears, and it was a loss. We saw it against the Cincinnati Bengals, and it was a loss. And against the Carolina Panthers, it was a loss. And on Sunday, it was a loss. You allow the Giants to get too far ahead at 24-7 in the first half, and you're not able to overcome that. That 17-point deficit, even though you had a lot of time left. And uh, there, look, there are some encouraging signs. And, and I say this every week on the podcast because it's true. There are weapons galore. There are quarterbacks all over the NFL that would love to have the combined receiving core of Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait. I mean, those guys are tremendous. Uh, and their productivity is tremendous. They are, it's pick your poison. Who do you want to try to double team and take away? Because the Bucks will find somebody else to throw the football to and move the ball down the field, uh, getting it to this guy underneath or this guy over the top. Mike Evans, another 100-yard day for him. One receiving touchdown, able to fall on a fumble, which we'll get to in the highlights too, for a second touchdown. Adam Humphreys, another solid day. O.J. OJ Howard uh, with an injury. Uh, O.J. injured in the second half with an ankle injury, but... Uh, had five catches before that, I believe 84 yards on the day. He has been a tremendous pass-catching weapon for this team. Chris Godwin underneath, third down, then in the red zone, uh, has been great. And yeah, you'd like to utilize Cameron Brait some more, but there are only so many footballs to go around in the pass game right now. It just it's a it's a wealth of of receiving talent that this team has. All right, so I've I've set the stage for what we have. What we customarily do is go through the highlights. Let's do that here on Nothing But Bucks on what was an overcast day in uh, in MetLife Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Game time temperature was 42 degrees. It was getting cooler than that as the game wore on, uh, especially into the second half. Uh, and eventually the lights on in the second half, too, at MetLife Stadium, even in the early afternoon on, on a November afternoon, having to use the lights there in the Northeast. So uh, the Giants were coming back home off a Monday night win against San Francisco, and it did not take long for New York to strike. They moved down the field immediately with Eli Manning completing passes left and right to start the game on a six-play, 63-yard drive. And the rookie, Saquon Barkley, we heard his name early and often Sunday. 
He'll roll out to his right, had a receiver wide open. Easy pickings, touchdown, New York Giants. Saquon Barkley rolling out to the right was Eli Manning. An easy touchdown for the Giants, and they lead early 6 to nothing. Again, Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore with the calls, and I'm part of that radio broadcast as well on the sideline on Buccaneers Radio. For these highlights, Barkley's first touchdown made it 7-0. And before you knew it, the Buccaneers tried to go for it on fourth down, didn't get the first down on third down on a pass play over the middle to Cameron Brait. With the play clock running down, decided to try to sneak it on fourth and short just inside the five-yard line. The quarterback sneak not successful. Ryan Fitzpatrick stops, so the Giants took over as that red zone opportunity went by the wayside. And New York promptly marched 95 yards in 12 plays with Eli Manning looking solid again, completing passes to Odell Beckham and uh, to uh, Sterling Shepard, also Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. And eventually here, Barkley would get his second touchdown of the game and the Giants up big early. Handoff, Barkley, Hetzler Station. He hurdles, touchdown, Terry. New York football Giants. The ball is loose, but a touchdown is ruled as he crossed the plane to the end zone. Five-yard run officially uh, for Barkley, uh, who had the best rushing day of any Giant rookie since going back to Ahmad Bradshaw in 2007. With the way that Barkley ran the football, it, 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 hey, the Bucks at this point knew we're going to have to go score some points, and we're going to have to probably score a significant amount of points to be able to beat this giant team. Depleted Buck defense, we haven't touched on this. No Levante David with the sprained knee ligament. Vinny Curry unable to play again at defensive end with the sprained ankle. Uh, you know about Quan Alexander out for the year. Secondary doesn't have second-round pick. MJ Stewart back there to run around. No Justin Evans, the second-year player out of Texas A&M, former second-round pick with a turf toe. So the Bucks were undermanned. Uh, not making excuses, this is just the truth. you got starters and guys that you're counting on that couldn't be out there, and the Giants... Put the 14 points up early, and so you're wondering, can the Bucs get back in the game? Well, eventually the Bucs did get back in the game, and they marched back inside of scoring position, and again, a fourth down play and an improv play for Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, play action fake, runs the ball, rolls to his right, still rolling. Fitzpatrick going to dive. He has a Tampa Bay Buccaneer touchdown. Touchdown Tampa Bay with great effort by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, the veteran showed some wheels on that touchdown run, diving in. It's an eight-play, 64-yard drive, his second rushing touchdown of the season for Fitzpatrick, and that cuts the lead to 14-7. to And so uh, for the Bucs at this point, uh, you know, you're in the game. You're driving. You're trying now at the end of the first half, down by seven to get the game tied. You move the ball into scoring range, and this has been an all-too-common theme. There is no way to sugarcoat this. There is no way to disregard this. Way too many turnovers and mistakes, particularly in the red zone with scoring opportunities. Here it was again in the second quarter. How about the shotgun formation? Good snap, good protections. Pass over the middle. It is an intercepted inside the 15-yard line. Oh, Jay Howard battling for it, but the Giants come up with it. Ill-advised throw by Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would think. Killer interception from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, we've been critical of the turnovers and the play of, of both Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I will say it plainly here. You can't throw that pass and that interception in that situation late in the first half. It's a second down play. You have plenty of time on the clock. At the worst, you're going to get a field goal uh, in this instance from Cairo Santos. The, uh, Santos right at the end of the first half. On second, it's not a desperation situation in the fourth quarter where you're trying to make a play and you're down by a touchdown or down by 10 points that would come later, you know, late in the game. You've got plenty of game left. It's second down. 
That throw over the middle is a bad throw. Trying to anticipate where O.J. Howard's going to be. It's an inaccurate throw. It's part of what led to Ryan Fitzpatrick being benched later on in this game, those decisions. So killer play there. And then you come out in the second half out of the locker room. Talk to Coach Dirk Cutter going to the locker room, and he said, hey, we've moved the ball. That's not the problem. You've just got to capitalize on your opportunities where you get stopped on fourth and short. You throw the interception in the red zone, and you're down. But you're getting the ball to start the second half. So you're feeling good about go put a drive together, go get points, you're right in the game. Unfortunately, the worst possible thing that you could do is give the Giants an easy play, an easy score, and that's exactly what happened again here on this play, the second play of the second half. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, second snap of the quarter. It's the sideline, uh, sidearm pass thrown, and it is picked off, intercepted to the 15-yard line. Inside the five, touchdown. New York Giants, Alec Ogletree. We try a sidearm pass that it's jumbled, knocked into the air, and Ogletree gets it on the deflection and takes it into the end zone. Yeah, Mean Gene with the call. That play right in front of me on the slant pass where Alec Ogletree made a good play on the ground with the ball kind of deflecting and floating up in the air to get his hands under it while he's laying on the ground. He wasn't touched on the ground by Deshaun Jackson or anybody else. Hops up off the ground. Ali Marpet came over to try to tackle him and couldn't get him down because you don't know what's going to happen. If he gets tackled, maybe they don't get a touchdown. Maybe they turn it over. Except You don't know. But instead, Ogletree makes a good effort, sheds the tackle of Marpet, gets in the end zone, a pick six as it turns out on a 15-yard interception return. And at that point, you're demoralized because now you're down 21 to 7, and you're looking at this and saying, you, you got to go get points. You got to go make something happen. And, uh, and for Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little later on uh, in this uh, second half of the game with the team trailing 24 7, he's trying to make something happen deep to Deshaun Jackson, trying to uh, take a shot down the field that we've seen success with with Deshaun earlier in the year. But in this case, it's double covered. The ball is underthrown, and it's interception number three. Dropping to throw Fitzpatrick. Has time. Looks, throws the deep ball toward the end zone, toward Deshaun Jackson. It's a jump ball to the end zone. It's picked off again. Giants have the interception to the 10, to the 20-yard line. Chris Riley to, still running to the 35, to the 40, and he's run out of bounds. And the Buccaneers come up empty again. Can't have it. Again, a, a turnover that kills the drive. The third interception on the day for Fitzpatrick, and that meant the hook. That meant he would be going to the bench uh, with the Bucks down 24-7, that Jameis Winston would get the call, would get the opportunity to come in and lead the team. And that's what he was able to do. Jameis able to get a couple of big completions, one to Chris Godwin over the middle, fired another one to Mike Evans to gain a first down, and then you move into scoring range. And this was a, a crazy play, as Gene Deckerhoff called it, with Jameis Winston scrambling. Takes the snap, looks upfield, looks, steps up in the pocket, stands in the pocket, looks to his left of the step. He's going to run to the 10, to the 5, 3. He fumbled the football, fumbled the end zone, diving for it. The Giants may have come up with it. Mike Evans Mike thinks Evans. he has it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers score a touchdown the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way. Fumble it at the 1 and then fall on it in the end zone. It officially goes as a Mike Evans fumble recovery touchdown. He falls on the ball in the end zone with Winston being stripped and having the ball knocked out around the 5-yard line. Great heads-up play. Ryan Jensen, the center, was in the end zone battling for the ball, and Evans was right there, too. And it's it's one of those where it's almost like in basketball where a ball's on the floor and four guys are going for it. Who's going to get possession? Is it going to be a jump ball? Is somebody going to pick it up on the floor and find a teammate for a fast break and a dunk? Evans has got some basketball background. He went to the ground. Go on the, go on the ground. Go get the loose ball. 
And he got the fumble and he got the touchdown. And hey, that's a huge momentum swing for the Buccaneers to get seven points because if you don't score there, again, it's probably curtains. You're going you're gonna to be behind at that point 24-7 and the Giants are going to probably go put the game away. As it is, they drove Eli Manning seven plays, 71 yards. I mean, Eli... 17 for 18 in the game, and he went and found his favorite target on this. Here's the snap out of the gun. Manning throws toward the end zone. It is a juggle ball. Is it a touchdown? It is. Touchdown, New York Giants. OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. Fingertip grab, and he held on to it. It looked like he juggled it from this angle. Yeah, OBJ showing why he's one of the best possession receivers in the NFL. Incredibly strong hands. He held that ball almost out like like you would hold uh, gold. If you found gold, come running out. There's gold in them there, Hills. You know, we got the 49ers coming this weekend like he would be holding out some kind of a gift or a present. He's that strong with the hands that he was able to hold it in his hands as he went down in the corner of the end zone. Beckham, four catches, 74 yards and the touchdown in this one as the Giants reestablish the 17-point lead, 31-14. But I will say this, Jameis Winston in the, in the fourth quarter, no quit in the Bucs, continuing to battle, continuing to move the ball into scoring range. 77-yard drive would begin. It would culminate here with Peyton Barber, who had a strong day, cashing in the touchdown. Here's the snap, and they'll run the ball up the gut. Peyton Barber, he's got a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Peyton Barber finds Daylon off left guard, following Ali Marpet, and the box score. A touchdown on the ground, second rushing touchdown of the day. Barber from five yards out, part of his day that saw him carry 18 times for 106 yards, and that score, almost a six-yard per carry average. And the Bucks still feeling some life here. At 31-21, could you get all the way back in this game? They were going to try to get all the way back in this game. Got the ball back and moved quickly again into scoring range. Defense did a good job getting off the field. And uh, and then the Bucks move right back into scoring range. About three minutes of clock time or so later, they're in position to score. And this time, it's Jameis Winston finding Adam Humphreys on a little bit of a decoy play. Here's the snap. Winston dropping. Throws a pass. Caught ball. Oh, Adam Humphreys touchdown, Tampa Bay. Great throw by Winston right on the money between the one and the zero. And Adam Humphreys makes it a four-point ball game, 31-27. Officially an eight-yard touchdown to Humphreys. And that was a play where the head coach will talk about this after the game, where they had a couple of different options, and the Giants thought it was going to be a screen to Deshaun Jackson. There were three players that went immediately to him when Jameis Winston looked that way. Adam Humphreys runs the quick slant, laser pass from Jameis Winston. And again, you're down by three, 31-28 with five minutes left. And you've got all your time out to the two-minute warning. You essentially need a stop now, and you're going to be in position to tie the game or take the lead. That didn't happen. Long completion from Eli to Evan Ingram over the middle. You move into scoring range, working the clock. The Bucs are taking all of their timeouts to try to, to make sure that the Giants don't waste down to the two-minute warning. Uh, the end result uh, here is New York does get in the end zone one more time with a Saquon Barkley two-yard touchdown run. So that's the deficit, 38-28 in favor of the Giants. But the Bucks still not dead. You knew you needed a quick score. Your timeouts were basically done in this instance. But uh, no quit in Jameis Winston, no quit in the offense, and you needed a big play and got one. Here's the snap. 
Four-man rush. Pressure. Winston throws a deep ball. Now he's got an open favor. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans with a great grab of the end zone. And the box got a touchdown pass from Jameis Winston. That's four touchdowns in a row for the Bucs. Mike Evans hauling in the 41-yard touchdown over the shoulder. Not, not a, a routine catch. I mean, these players make those plays look easy. But, man, he had to find the ball on a cloudy day with Jameis putting a lot of heat on it over his shoulder to a spot down the sideline in the side of the end zone. Great awareness by Evans to know where he was on the field, catch the ball over his shoulder, get down with the feet down and a knee down in the end zone. And look, I mean, you still had life. You're in the end zone quickly. You're outside the two-minute warning. You still had a timeout left in this instance. So could you, uh, in this uh, in this opportunity, could you get the ball back on an onside kick here? Actually, you did not have a timeout left, but you had the two-minute warning left. Could you get the ball on the onside kick down 38-35? The onside kick, though, recovered by the Giants' Michael Thomas, who also had an interception earlier in the game uh, as well. The former Dolphin Pro Bowler came up big on the onside kick, and the Giants are ultimately able to get uh, the clock under two minutes, work it down with a second down play and a third down play, uh, down to around 30 seconds. They end up punting the ball to uh, to the Bucks, and so now there's one last opportunity here. Basically, you had to go some, what, 80 yards, 85 yards. You were going to have to go at least 55 or 60 yards to give Santos the chance realistically at a field goal. And Jameis Winston ends up airing one out here with no timeouts left. Winston shotgun formation. Here's the snap. Protection. Throws the ball downfield. Throws it deep toward D-Jack. And it is intercepted at the 30-yard line. The Hail Mary does not work. And the pass is picked off. Fourth turnover of the game by the Buccaneers. And the final interception for the Giants. Their fourth one of the day seals the win. Eli Manning kneels on the ball, and New York gets a hard-earned win. They were up big a couple of times. The Buccaneers made it close a couple of times, but the final score reads 38-35 in favor of the Giants to improve them to 3-7 and seven on the season. Back-to-back wins for them. Unfortunately for our Buccaneers, that's five consecutive losses and uh, and just difficult, difficult to to watch them dig the hole again this week and not be able to get out of it. Uh, I will say this: there was fight still in the team on both sides of the ball. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul again had a had a sack and a half in this game. Uh, in fact, I, I, I've been uh, negligent. I didn't do this uh, during all of the Giants scoring. Here was JPP in on one of those sacks on Sunday. Mean Gene on the call. Dwayne Goldman is the setback, dropping it though. Manning, he's under pressure. He'll go down. He's sacked at the 17-yard line. Bucks thought we might get some sacks. And Jason Pierre-Paul, his former teammate, Eli Manning, goes down for a sack in the first of the ball game. And he helps him up afterwards. Yeah. Again, Jason Pierre-Paul leading the Buccaneers with nine and a half sacks. They originally credited him with a full sack in the first half. They took that full sack away and deemed it as a half sack for he and defensive end Carl Nassib. So when he got the second sack later on in the game, it keeps him at 9.5, not 10. Again, the next sack from Jason Pierre-Paul will be the first time since 2005 and Simeon Rice that the Bucks will have 10 sacks from a single player in a season. He has been well worth it. And, uh, and obviously was able to make that play. And the Bucks got Eli on the ground a couple of different times. Gerald McCoy with a sack a little bit later on in the game. Again, the Giants have kind of patched together their offensive line. They've been struggling. 
Give credit to the to the Buck defense that continued to scrap in the second half. Unfortunately, too many big plays being given up by this defense even still. And Eli Manning is too good if you give him time. 17 of 18 uh, in the game and had the couple of touchdown passes. So Giants win the game, and when it was done, Jameis Winston had come in in relief, had led four second-half touchdown drives, four second-half scoring drives, and 28 total points. I spoke with the Bucks quarterback about how they got back in the game, uh, utilizing those weapons and much more in our Hooters postgame show. Well, this one was a battle, and the Buccaneers rally and get back in it. Fall just short at 38-35. Jameis Winston. He is here with me uh, after this one is over with, and you may hear uh, Coach Mark Duffner saying, keep your heads up, keep fighting. And this team certainly did fight. How did you guys get back in the game after being down significantly and have a chance? Uh, we just stayed relentless. We just stayed relentless, and uh, we kept fighting, and that's something that we do consistently. Uh, we always believe that we're ne never out of it. You're wondering, I'm sure, when am I going to get my opportunity? That opportunity came here in the second half of this game. You put together four scoring drives. What clicked? What went well in the second half for you and the offense? Man, you know, I'm just thankful that I was able to get back out there. Those guys, they fought hard, hard all game. Some things just didn't go, up, go our way. The touchdown to Adam Humphreys looked like it might have been a decoy out on the screen to Deshaun Jackson. Is that a play that has multiple options? Are you looking for Humphreys all the way there on that touchdown? Yeah, it had multiple options. Um, I'm just happy that we executed and Hump uh, was alert and aware and got in that hole for me to put it on him. The long one to Mike Evans. Describe that play and that throw. Ends up being a huge play to give you a chance at the end. Yeah, uh, Mike is one of the most dominating receivers in this league. Uh, when you put the ball out there, uh, you dial up a great play call to give him a chance. Uh, he tracked it down and made a marvelous touchdown grab. I know it ends up being a loss. What can you build on as a team, as an offense, with this kind of fight, this kind of comeback at the end? Uh, we have to continue to stay faithful. Uh, first and foremost, we must stay faithful and uh, continue to be our best, be the best us week in and week out. And we will see again as you're listening here on Nothing But Bucks. I am uh, recording this podcast earlier on Monday. Head coach Dirk Cutter will be meeting with the media later on Monday, and it's believed the Bucks will go back to uh, their starter, Jameis Winston, the former number one overall pick. That's not official as of yet. The decision may be to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We will wait and see if that is the case. I know there are a lot of fans that want to see if Ryan Griffin at some point in this season can get out there in some action, see what he can do with the losses mounting up for the Bucks. The likelihood is, though, that Jameis will be back in there as a starter with the 49ers coming Sunday. We'll wait for the official word. Um, uh, we mentioned Adam Humphreys, a solid game from him, another touchdown from him. He has really come on over the course of the last four or five games. Humphreys officially finishing three catches, 60 yards, and the touchdown, and I spoke with him on the Hooters postgame show about the offense scrapping, giving the uh, the team the chance to win. Here you go. Again, 38-35, our final. Adam Humphreys was one of the guys in the second half that helped in the comeback. Three catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Let's begin with the screen, one of the plays that energized this team, a screen on a third and long where you got free for over 30 yards. Describe that play that helped energize a second-half comeback. Yeah, uh, you know, Mike and the left side of the offensive line did a great job of getting out in front of me and, you know, creating the space for me to, to run and get some yards after catch. And, um, you know, it's a big play for us, you know, in and, and a tough situation behind the sticks, and it was good to get some momentum going. Okay, we'll back up one step. Jameis Winston comes in after the turnovers by Ryan Fitzpatrick. What clicked as four straight times you guys got in the end zone? Yeah, Jameis did a good job of uh, just managing the offense and uh, taking what was there. Um, you know, it was good to, you know, see him back out there and uh, being successful and, you know, 
we're all rooting for for Jameis, and you know we uh, got a lot of respect for his game. It was good to see him uh, come out there and lead us down the field and get touchdowns. Another big moment in the fourth quarter was the touchdown to you. Uh, again, uh, Jameis just said to us, there are a couple of options on that play. Just describe the read, what you saw, and what you did to get in the end zone. Yeah, just a simple slant route. Um, nickel was pressed, and I knew there was going to be an opening there, and uh, kind of saw Jameis's head tilt a little my way, and I, I, you know, it's a play that you know really doesn't come to me a lot, but um, I was expected on that play, and I was glad we could uh, make it work and get in the end zone. The long one to Mike Evans, too, is gives you a chance for the comeback at the end. Does it just reinforce how many weapons there are out there, especially in the passing game? Yeah, and I mean, you know, as an you know, offensive player, um, every time we step, you know, touch the field, we know we have the weapons to score. And uh, it just, you know, we're, we're a very explosive offense. And uh, it's frustrating when, you know, we turn the ball over sometimes and, uh, you know, just can't get that momentum going that we know we can, uh, we can get and score points. And, um, you know, it's great to have those, you know, late fourth quarter comebacks. But, um, you know, we, we need to make it happen and get the W. As frustrating as it is, I, you know, and I don't know what all you could take from a loss, but do you learn from this that digging yourself the hole once again is what this comes down to? Um, yeah, I mean, from every game you take, you know, away positive and negatives. Um, that's all you can do um, as a professional. Um, every game, win or lose, you know, uh, sometimes wins don't feel as good as they, they should feel, and sometimes losses, you know, losses always hurt, but, you know, sometimes there's some, some positives you can take from a loss. So, you know, every every Monday we sit down and we, you know, evaluate the film. You know, good and bad things come of it, but it's a lot better feeling when, when you win. 38-35 was the final, and it was uh, a frustrating afternoon, disappointment uh, on those faces in that locker room. Jason Pierre-Paul, after this was over with, the Giants veteran traded away, as we've been mentioning. You're probably aware of this. The Bucks acquired him in the trade in March. First game back in the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium as a visitor playing against the Giants, sacking Eli Manning. Here's more from JPP after this game was over. And I think we put up a uh, pretty good fight, man. You know, uh, and we fought, we fought, but we just can't come up with the win. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, you know. You expect to win when you play, you know, uh, great defense, but obviously they had more turnovers than us, you know. And when you have turnovers and we didn't have a turnover, you know, that, that right there, you know, beats us out right there anytime you had turnovers. Jason, when you guys were starting to make the comeback and a couple of big plays happened, what, if anything, was the defense saying about trying to get stops and keep it right there? Uh, we knew what we had to do, uh, obviously. You know, we tried to hold them to a, to a field goal on that last one, but, uh, you know, Shaquan scored on that one. And, you know, but Mike G saying, you know, we, we, we responded with a, a nice touchdown right there. And, you know, we tried to reach, we hold them off and, you know, thought we could, could win the game, but we didn't. I know you'll have time to think about this at another point in time, but you did get out there and get a couple of sacks against Eli Manning. Was it a little weird coming back here to play him and then getting a chance to sack him? Oh, man, I, was, I was just doing my job, man. I was having fun with it, uh, just doing my job. And, you know, he knows that and, you know, doing the job the right way, you know. So, you know, I have fun with it, but the game over, I'm on to the next one. And uh, whoever the next team is, you know, that's why I'm, I'm on. So, you know, I'm going to look at the film study and then see what I can do better, you know. Uh, and obviously get better at that and, you know, come back and, and get ready for the next team. Tough for him. He spent some extra time out on the field saying hello to some Giant teammates after the game was over, exchanged jerseys with a couple of them, uh, got to say hello to some fans. He had uh, dozens of uh, friends and family that came to watch this game after playing so long in New York, winning a Super Bowl with the Tom Coughlin Giants back in 2011 as a former number one pick. So 
Again, JPP has lived up to everything with the Buccaneers, uh, with the way he's – I mean, how can you disagree with the move being made there, with him being brought in? Uh, the success in statistically is there, but also the leadership is there off the field and how he's made everybody uh, around him better. Uh, it's just the overall play of the defense has not been up to his standard and the way that he has played as of yet. Uh, frustrating, yes. Uh, again, good comeback, too big of a hole. And these are the kind of things that I talked about with head coach Dirk Cutter on our Hooters postgame show when we spoke with him. All right, let's talk about the positive of getting back in the game. You were able to score four consecutive possessions with touchdowns. What began to work? What began to click as you went to Jameis Winston with the offense? Oh, we didn't turn it over. I mean, we moved it all day. Move, moving the ball wasn't an issue. Just finishing, finishing without turning it over. And uh, Jameis came in, played, played fantastic. Had a hot hand, and you know we didn't turn the ball over. You had a play in the third quarter. There were so many plays where it's a great hustle play because the ball gets knocked out of Jameis's hand. It's rolling in the end zone. Ryan Jensen and Mike Evans both go hustle. Evans ends up with the ball. Again, so many plays after that, but that was a big play in the moment to get on the board and get a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, again, that was that was one of those examples of we moved the ball down there and had that gone the other way, that would have that would have ended up like a couple others were uh, on that on the on the play you're talking about. Those two guys that was that was incredible hustle, and uh, you know we just you know we were, I think we were four out of five in the red zone today, you know that very first drive. I mean there's a lot of big plays in every game. Uh, and you know you never know which one it's going to be, but just too many of those plays uh, are going against us right now. And when we're when we're not getting any turnovers on one side, we better not be turning it over on the other side. You got a couple of stops. You got in the end zone again on a play to Adam Humphreys. We were just talking to Jameis Winston and to Adam Humphreys about that play. Looked like the screen might have been a decoy or something that was an option. That when they jumped it, there was Adam Humphreys. He was there. Huge play at that moment to get in the end zone. Yeah, that was actually a running play with a RPO type thing built into it and uh, that was a that was just a super play by Jameis that was the same score uh, same exact play flipped over that Peyton had scored a touchdown on from the five yard line earlier so there's some options there on that play the long throw to Mike Evans tremendous throw and that's not an easy catch over the shoulder to find the ball trying to keep your feet on the sideline uh, just tell me more about what you saw on that huge play that was a double move that that we'd seen on tape uh, in the two-minute offense that uh, we thought thought had a chance. If we, you know, you don't never know if you're really going to get in a two-minute situation, and uh, you know, we'd seen it a couple times where we thought it we it would had a chance from from earlier games, and and Monk called it at the perfect time. Mike ran the double move, got behind the defense, and and Jameis laid it out there, and then it was a heck of a catch. And then you ended up having one more opportunity, and Jameis tried to hit the long pass to Deshaun Jackson on this one, so this one finishes 38-35. There's going to be a lot of discussion about putting him in and having all of those uh, touchdowns scored in this game. What are you contemplating right now moving forward, especially with the way that he looked? Well, he looked great. He looked great. I mean, that's... You know, unfortunately, whichever quarterback we put in second has looked great. We, you know, we we need our quarterback that goes in first to look great. And uh, uh, you know, both Fitz and Jameis have had extremely high moments this year, and they've had some some not so great. And uh, you know, well, we'll look at the tape, and you know, we'll let everybody know by by tomorrow with the press conference what's going to go on. But you know, Jameis, uh, we've been saying all along that he was going to get another opportunity. I mean, we knew it would it would happen, and he went in there and he made the most of it. Good job by him. And again, that decision on the quarterback is looming later for Monday. It's more than likely going to be 
Jameis Winston uh, to come back in this game with the San Francisco 49ers, but we'll wait for that official word. Again, O.J. Howard, no official diagnosis as of yet, but he left the game with that ankle injury. Remember, he had the broken ankle, a fractured ankle at the very end of last season. Hopefully, he's going to be okay and can be back in the lineup soon. And I I give that uh, young man, second-year player, a lot of credit. He played through a knee sprain earlier this year, didn't even miss a game after injuring his knee in Chicago. There was a bye week, came back and gutted it out against Atlanta with a knee sprain and even caught a touchdown in that game Uh, while he was grimacing OJ's played through that he had five catches 78 yards on the day we'll wait for an update on him with the injured uh, ankle Uh, a couple more final stats Uh, Jameis Winston finished 12 of 16 for 199 yards the two touchdowns and the interception Uh, Winston also five carries 16 yards on the ground we mentioned Peyton Barber 106 yards his second 100 yard game as a Buccaneer and you really look at the last three or four games he's run the ball better I know there are a lot of fans that are clamoring for him to get more touches and more carries and more opportunities part of it has been that when you're way behind in the first half it changes your game plan it changes the Bucs personnel they want Jacquez Rogers in there for blocking and pass catching purposes on the hurry up offense and the and the no huddle and you're you're deep in the hole you're behind trying to strike quickly, but Peyton Barber worked in and got uh, 18 carries and two more catches in the game, 20 total touches in the game. You want to see more of that? Saquon Barkley we mentioned 142 yards on the game, two rushing touchdowns. That's the most rushing yards for a Giants rookie since 2007. He's a special player. He is physical. He is fast. He is out of that Ezekiel Elliott move. Same conference, the Big Ten out of Ohio State. Barkley out of Penn State. Uh, It can run through you, can run around you. Good pass catcher. Got a bright, bright future in New York. The Saquon Barkley. We mentioned Odell Beckham, four catches, 74 yards. Evan Ingram, two catches, 66 yards. Eli Manning, the veteran, a 155 quarterback rating. Hey, they're, if they're saying that Eli is washed up, I saw it at field level. He, when he had time to throw, he's finding receivers. Look, I know Buck fans. Uh, it is it is tough to stomach because the secondary is inexperienced, banged up. There are wide open guys against the linebackers. I understand that, but Eli still got to make the throws and make the plays. And there were games earlier this year where he's had players open and he's seeing ghosts and throwing the ball behind them or over them. He was not inaccurate yesterday. I mean, the ball was on the money over and over again. And made, it, and made it look easy, like the Eli Manning that we've grown accustomed to. So credit the Giants for the win. I mean, look, I, I have friends that are in New York, and all the Giant fans were pumped up yesterday uh, to try to get a win, and they got one. It's give and take. I mean, a year ago, the Giants came to, uh, to Tampa Bay and were awful, and the Bucs were able to beat them in an early season game that helped the Bucs go 3-1, to one, and the Giants fans had to suffer through a horrible season where they fired coach Ben McAdoo and they benched Eli Manning. So these things happen. This time, the Giants got the better of the Bucks. 38-35 is the final. So that one uh, is concluded at MetLife Stadium, and the Bucks will now come back home and will get to, in the stretch run of this season, play at home in four of the final six games, three of them in a row, starting with the 49ers and then the two division teams, which will be Carolina and New Orleans. Bucks will not be back on the road for a month. So it will be home sweet home for the matchup coming with San Francisco this week. We'll be on the air at noon with our pregame coverage. One o'clock kickoff time. A very interesting uh, subplot to this game with Nick Mullins, the reserve quarterback for the 49ers, who played well in that Monday night game uh, last week for San Francisco. And now they have uh, the week off 
for this or for this weekend and now get ready to play in this matchup coming here at the end Mullins is a former player at Southern Miss and his head coach was da 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 Todd Munkin the Bucks offensive coordinator so if anybody should know the ins and outs of Mullins' game, it's obviously the Bucks' offensive coordinator, and he'll be sharing some of that game plan, I'm sure, and his thought process with Mark Duffner. I'm sure that already began on Sunday night and Monday as they turned their attention to the 49ers because uh, Coach Todd Munkin, the, the Bucks' offensive coordinator, knows uh, Nick Mullins as well as anybody, having coached him at Southern Miss. All right, so that's the matchup coming Sunday as the 49ers will come in. First time in a few years that San Francisco's made a tra- uh, trip in here. First time since the 2013 season that the Niners have been in uh, Buccaneer land. Bucks last one in San Francisco back in 2016, Dirk Cutter's first season out in California. So that's the matchup coming on Sunday as Tampa Bay tries to snap the five-game losing streak. My thanks to Steve Carney for the highlights and the interviews of the postgame coverage. Jeff Ryan with Buccaneers Radio. Whether you found this Nothing But Bucks podcast from Buccaneers.com or on the Buccaneers mobile app, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, The podcast will come automatically to you on the day after games on Mondays. The podcast comes to you as soon as it's complete to your phone, your iPad, your device. If you subscribe, so go to iTunes, look up Nothing But Bucks, go to Google Play, do the same thing. And you can find it every week through the Buccaneers mobile app. Just stay locked in on the mobile app and you can find it there as part of our coverage on Buccaneers.com. All right, Bucks and Niners coming up Sunday. You remember back 16 years ago, we beat those 49ers in the NFC playoffs in the divisional round. So there's some good memories of playing against those San Francisco 49ers. Let's see if there could be some more good memories made coming this week. Time will tell on Jameis Winston. Again, at the time we're talking on the podcast, not official yet. We anticipate that number three, though, will be back in there as the starter. Let's see what happens for the Bucks to get off to a good start and get a win over their opponents from the NFC West. That'll do it for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. As always, go Bucks. We'll talk to you Sunday from Raymond James Stadium for the Bucks and 49ers as part of Buccaneers Radio. Bye.